first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, Massachusetts. Today we'll be talking about Barbara Lee speaking truth to power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. First, we'll be reviewing Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power with Aiden. So what are your overall thoughts on this film? Well, first off, I just like how Barbara, it, it, it highlights Barbara's struggles as like a child growing up in a segregated town and to being a, a divorced single parent. And I just like how inspiring Barbara Lee is. And she has a smile on her face when she does her job, making me think that she truly loves what she does. So, yeah. She sounds like a very inspiring person. So can you tell us a little bit about the conflict in Barbara Lee's Faking Truth to Power? Uh, The conflict is that, well, really, like I was saying, she kind of, she struggles as a child growing up in a segregated town and her being a divorced single parent. So I think that is also part of the conflict. And another part is kind of rights, if that makes sense. Rights, I think, is another conflict that is a part of the story. Those both sound like conflicts that you kind of are engaged and want to know what happened and learn more. Yeah. So what is the primary theme or message of this film or documentary? I think the message is just to fight for what you believe in and don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone or be the first to do something. Those are definitely important messages. Yeah. So did you have any prior knowledge about the people or events involved in this film before you started watching it? I'm going to be honest and say no. I did know like <laughs> one I did know like one person that was in the movie that was Danny Glover. That, that's pretty much it. Other than that, just yeah. No. Based on what I've heard and seen about it, I don't think I would have had any prior knowledge either. So, <laughs> um, were there any aspects of the film that didn't quite reach your expectations? Mm, I I have to say no. Like honestly, it it reached my expectations. So I, I'd have to say no. It definitely sounds like a great documentary that I'm definitely hoping to watch at some point. Yeah, it it is a great one. Can you come up with any TV shows or films that are similar to this? Because if people like this or have seen some shows, then they might want to watch this. (sighs) Honestly, I don't really watch a bunch of stuff like this. I'm be honest. So... I hate to disappoint, yeah. but I cannot think of anything. Yeah, documentaries. Yeah, sometimes documentaries are slightly less viewed than others, but I think that if you pretty much watch any documentary, then you'd be interested in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what is your age recommendation and star rating? Well, I give Barbara Lee a five out of five stars. I recommend it to ages 11 to 18. Great. And where and when can we watch Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power? Well, the film is featured on Stars beginning February 1st. Which, so on Black History Month. So, well, for Black History Month. Cool. I'll definitely check this out. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking Choose to Power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Right now we're switching over to review The Wolf and the Lion with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing good. So can you give us a quick overview of The Wolf and the Lion? So The Wolf and the Lion is about a 20-year-old girl named Alma. Uh, So Alma is uh, an orphan musician. And then um, to top it all off, her grandfather died. Uh, So she inherited his house only to find that 
uh, he befriended a she-wolf and her pup. And then there's a big storm and Alma goes to explore, like there's a plane crash and Alma goes to explore the crash and she finds a lion cub. So the pup, which she names Mozart, and the cub, which she names Dreamer, um, become really close, but then they get separated. Uh, so, you know, what will they do to find each other again? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a really good, uh, interesting plot. And I must say that's not what I expected from the title, but I can definitely see how it fits in. Yeah, I agree with you. I also did not expect this movie to be like this. It was, it was pretty unique. Great. So uh, you said it was pretty unique. So what's your favorite aspect of this film? Well, I just loved the animal acting. I love the part that, or the fact that uh, the animals, Mozart and Dreamer, they're not only best friends on the screen, but they're, they're best friends in real life. So they're hanging out They're They're in a Canadian sanctuary right now. Uh, and they're, you know, they're friends till the end of their days. I thought that that was super cool. And their, their bond truly seemed real. So I'm glad to know that it was real. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. When stuff is relatable and realistic, it always makes you more connected to the film. For sure. Uh, which set or location do you think best fits the film? And how does it further develop the plot? Well, the island that, well, island and like house that Alma inherits from her grandfather, it's really stunning. It's has beautiful it's like a gorgeous lake uh surrounded by forests and it's it's very beautiful and i feel like it enhances that because it makes it feel how it's like almost like the 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 lion and the wolf are kind of out of place but like you know home it's kind of hard to explain but it feels very homey and very comforting and you know very calm i guess (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like the settings are really beautiful, but also do further develop and add to the plot. Yes. So what surprised you most when you saw this film? I think that the fact that the actors and just the crew in general were able to work with, you know, the large, um, the large animals, the wolf and the lion, I, I would be probably kind of scared to do that. But I guess since they were, you know, they had them... Uh, the crew and everybody had them since they were like born or really young, then it wouldn't be as, you know, scary or anything. But I was surprised that they were real, you know, that because most of the, you know, like a dog's purpose or anything like that, usually the dogs, like for the most part, aren't real. Um, So I thought that this was surprising that the lion and the wolf were real. Yeah. That sounds like a great accomplishment that that's really cool. Yeah. So which actors put forth the best performances in your opinion? So I would say uh, Molly Kunz, who is Alma. Um, she put out probably the best performance. She really, really what seemed like bonded to the animals and she wanted to do what was best for them and for her. So I thought that she had a really strong performance. Uh, something I thought that was cool was her character is a pianist and she also actually plays piano i'm not sure if she learned piano for the movie or she just happened to know piano but i thought that that was cool that she and her character could also relate in that way yeah when actors like have a skill similar to their characters i feel like it definitely helps them bond and it also creates a more relatable and realistic experience when you're watching yes yeah so what is your age recommendation and star rating my recommendation uh, recommendation is seven to eighteen plus adults, and I give it three out of five stars. Where and when can we watch The Wolf and the Lion? So it releases in theaters on February fourth, twenty twenty two. Great! Thanks so much for talking with me today. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking truth to power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Next up, we'll be reviewing Raising Dion with Micah. Hi, Micah. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm good. So to start off, why should people in general watch Raising Dion? I think people should watch Raising Dion because it's a really exciting show. Like, I don't think it there's ever a moment where you'll be bored or you'll just be falling asleep or anything. I think it keeps you interested the entire time. So if you're looking for something to like, if you're um, have spare time or if you're bored, that's something that will definitely get you um, excited and get your energy up because it never stops going. Like the twists and turns are just all really interesting and they never stop coming. Wow, sounds like a really engaging. Yeah, it definitely is. So what is the storyline of this TV show? Well, this is actually the second season of Raising Dion. And the second season of Raising Dion comes two years after Dion defeated Pat and the Crooked Man. So now he's learning to control his powers um, with the help of Biona and his new trainer, Tevin. And when another power kid named Brayden joins Dion's class, he realizes that there's still danger out there. So he has to fight with his mom and friends and all his other resources to um, stop it. Sounds like a great main plot with a lot of like interesting subplots as well. Yeah. So in your opinion, who has some of the best acting performances? Well, I think... Um, Tevin, Rome Flynn definitely adds something new to this new season. And I think um, his acting really portrays Tevin's character. But I also want to give props to Esperanza, played by Sammy Haney, because her acting has definitely improved since the first season. Like, you get, there's a significant difference from her, her character from the first season to now. I think that's really because they discovered what they wanted her character to be like and what role they wanted her to play. And since they were able to do that, I think Sammy Haney was able to dive into that character more and her acting has really improved. 
So it sounds like this actress in particular is able to improve her character. Do you think everything uh, or most things got better or improved to the next season? Yes, definitely. Like, especially with the new characters and new plots and all that, it's, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's repeating. It feels like something new, but they all tie into each other. So I think everything got better from the animation to the storylines, the acting, wardrobe, music, everything. I think everything definitely improved. Yeah. So contrary to that, are there any parts of Raising Dion that didn't quite reach your expectations? Um, I don't think so. Besides the fact that it took two years to come out, I just think that. Um, I think I was pre- pleasantly surprised, actually, and about how good it was. I wasn't expecting since they took such a long break, maybe it was not going to be as good, but it met my expectations and in some ways surpassed them. Yeah, so it seems like there was definitely, a, it did surprise you. So what component of Raising Dion do you think surprised you the most in a good or a bad way? Hmm, I think the... Well, like I said, there's a lot of new characters and those characters, um, I didn't, well, the new characters definitely surprised me in what role they played, but I think the returning characters, especially Pat, him coming back really threw the story, like not, it, it threw it off, but in a good way because it was a twist that nobody was expecting and I definitely didn't expect it. So I think that was the most surprising thing, but I think it really worked well with the story. Yeah, it sounds like a great TV show. So are there any similar TV shows or films that if people had seen, you'd recommend this one? Well, I can't think of any in particular, but definitely ones that are science fiction, like ones about supernatural things like powers, like such maybe The Flash. That's one of the shows that I can think of that kind of had a have a similar like um tone to it so maybe if you watch shows like that on the cw the arrow flash things like that i think you'll definitely like raising dion yeah so people should definitely check out so if they like those they can definitely check this one out yes so what is your age recommendation and star rating my age recommendation for this this um series is 11 to 18 plus adults and i rate this series and this second season five out of five stars Nice. And where and when can we watch Raising Dion? Um, Raising Dion season two actually just came out on February 1st on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix subscription, go check it out. Nice. I definitely will. It sounds like a really great and unique TV show. Yeah, it really is. I love it. All right. Thanks for talking with me today. Thank you. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking truth to power. The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Right now, we're listening to Ethan's interview with Kevin James and Taylor Lautner about Home Team. Hi, this is Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and today I have the double pleasure to interview Kevin James and Taylor Lautner from the Netflix movie Home Team. Kevin James is an American actor, screenwriter, producer, and comedian who is best known as Doug on the show The King of Queens or Paul Blart on Mall Cop besides other films. Taylor Lautner is an American actor and model who is best known as Jacob Black in the movie series Twilight. We also remember him as Shark Boy on the adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Um, hi, I'm Ethan Person with Kids First. What's up, man? What's up? Um, <laughs> so, hi, Mr. James and Taylor. It is an honor to have you here today. Thank it's you. An honor to be here with so my first question is for Mr. James. You produced this movie and with actor and comedian Adam Sandler. So how did you also get to portray Coach Sean Payton? And what ways do you identify with Coach Payton? That's a good question. Um, well, I got the job because of Adam Sandler, because he 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 was the one who had the uh, the idea came to him uh, through his brother-in-law. Uh, and, uh, I was so excited to, to do it. He was asking me if I wanted to kind of be in, in a movie, uh, about Sean Payton. And this was the story. And the story was, you know, about how he went back and coached his son's football team in the midst of uh, a crazy time in the NFL after he had won a Super Bowl, and he reconnected, ended up re- reconnecting with his son. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to, uh, it sounds like a great sports movie and could be a lot of fun. So, uh, 
So uh, we signed on and I was like, is Sean okay with this? Does he want to do this movie and all this stuff? And he was like, yeah, he's already in. Don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah, this is great. So uh, mm-hmm. everything was all set up and I was all uh, excited to be part of it. And that's how it happened for me. And this next question is for Taylor. So you portray coach Troy. Um, and is he based on a real life coach? And if so, can you identify yourself with this character? Yeah, he actually, he is based off a real life coach. Um, that was Connor's, uh, peewee football coach. Um, so it's pretty cool playing, playing him. Um, and, and I absolutely can because, um, it's kind of, uh, it's cool for me because I started acting at an early age and my, my first feature film I did, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, I was 12 years old in, um, and that's the age of all, all of these kids in our movie and uh, my, my football players. So it was, it was pretty cool to see them and how impressive they are and um, to be able to hang out with them on set and, and offer them anything I could. And Mr. James, did Coach Peyton really go through all those troubles in the hotel, like the hotel that he stayed at in Texas? That I don't know. I don't know if he, he went through all that. We, we might have uh, embellished a little bit there and made it like that. But I know he had the, he, he came into town and it was, uh, you know, it, for him, it was not staying where he was normally staying. And he kind of had to uproot his life a little bit. But that was uh, it was a fun part to be able to be in there and, and mess around with that guy, the clerk at the uh, at the hotel, who, who actually is Adam Sandler's nephew, by the way. Oh, that's so cool. I know there's a lot of relatives from you guys in this film. Yeah, it's a family project. (laughs) And Taylor, this film has such a terrific cast. So what was it working with cast members like Kevin James, Jackie Sandler, Gary Valentine, Rob Scheiner, and young actors who portray the Warrior football team? It was so cool. It was super exciting for me. It was was awesome to work with Kevin. We briefly worked in uh, Grown Ups 2. Um, but it was awesome, uh, to be his co-star in this. And then, I mean, everybody else, Jackie's so talented and Rob Schneider's one of the funniest dudes on the planet. So to be included, you know, in, in a cast, uh, with those type of people was just an honor for me. So much fun. Yeah. And Mr. James. So as soon as I saw Rob Schneider as part of the cast, I immediately thought of his famous line, you can do it. So how come he didn't say it in this film? Because I thought it would be very fitting. It would be, I guess. Uh, the only, I guess it was just because it, it was, we wanted to keep it part of the Sean Payton story. So it'd make it special. And I, it, 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 you know, in its own way and give it its own thing, but it would have been funny for him to say that, of course. And I think he did say it actually, and it just didn't make it into the uh, end of the film. He did. He did do it. I think. Correct. You know, <laughs> he did it once. <laughs> yeah. I think he did. So, Taylor, one of my favorite teas uh, is when the Warriors team gets sick with the vegan super logs before they eat, like how they ate it before the game. So you ate one. So can you share how they created the vomit effect? Oh, man. I think what from what they told me, it was mainly corn chowder. Um, So they would they give us a cup of corn chowder and we put it in our mouth before and just on cue, just spit it up. Um, a couple of the kids, I didn't have this, but there was actually these machines that were built into the helmets with like a tube on the side. So if you were looking at them like this, the tube would be over here and that would launch the corn chowder out of the tube. I didn't get one of those, which was unfortunate, but I did get to spit up some some delicious corn chowder. Well, thank Ethan, you so much. Ethan, Ethan, just a, his little side note too. I was actually caught at the end of the shooting day after everybody wrapped up collecting the corn chowder on the ground with a cup of my own just to bring it home back to my hotel room. But that's just for you only. I don't want to tell it to any other news outlet. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today about this heartwarming film. Oh, you got it. Congratulations on your 49ers, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, bud. All right. Thank you. Nice, buddy. Go Niners. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Home Team releases on Netflix on January 28th, 2022. I'm Ethan Person reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile Be the star you are If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking truth to power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Next up, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with Dariani Santana about Wage to Riches. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Sermons reporting for Kids First, and today I'm speaking with Dariani Santana, who is the fun, vibrant, and animal-loving host of the show Wags to Riches. Wags to Riches is a new show featuring entrepreneurs who love working with and for animals. So please welcome the fearless leader of Wags to Riches, Miss Santana. How are you today? Hello. Amazing intro. Thank you. That was great. Yes, it's so great to be speaking with you. Likewise, thank you guys so much for having me on Kids First. How exciting. Of course. Okay, so as I mentioned in the beginning, Wax to Riches highlights animal entrepreneurs. So how would you describe animal entrepreneurship? So it's a person who is passionate about one or two animals, you know, any animal really, and they've created a job or a career around that animal. Now, it could be catering to the animal or it could be making a product for the animal, but it's just a job that has to do with an animal that, that they love. Of course. Yeah, I've seen some of the show and it looks like a very fun thing to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I had we shot 12 episodes and I had so much fun shooting every episode. You looked like you did. So how would you describe the actual experience of getting to work with all the animal entrepreneurs as well as the animals themselves? I mean, again, so much fun, but also super educational, because remember, this show is about entrepreneurship and about how to at the end of the day, it's really about how to get a business going, you know, so I learned so much from them. And also I was super inspired by them because so many of these entrepreneurs had jobs that you'd be like, hey, what, what, what's your idea? Like you want to, you want to take goats and have them do yoga. It sounds crazy, but they do it and they thrive doing it. So I truly was inspired every single day that I shot the show. I was inspired by it too. And since you kind of mentioned a lot of the different jobs, in your opinion, what's the secret success or the secret to success in animal entrepreneurship? The secret to success is following your passion for sure. You know you want to do something. You know it's something that you're passionate about. You love it. It's something that's part of your life that you really love and care about. That's what you need. That's that 
driving force. That's that like flame that burns inside you. And that's what you need to succeed in all facets of life. Definitely couldn't agree more. (laughs) So in the episodes, can goats relieve stress? You did goat yoga and I thought it was pretty funny seeing them climb on your back. So what was that like for you? Funny. No, it was definitely funny. I'll tell you what it wasn't. It was not relaxing. It was not relaxing at all, but it was such a funny experience. You know, to have grown goats jumping from one back to another, I mean, it's pure comedy. One of the goats grabbed my script and started eating it. You know, it's one of those experiences that you just have to be open to. I was super lucky because my friends were on set that day too. And if you ever have an opportunity to do it, I would 10 out of 10 tell you to do it because it's such, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, I'm sure it probably hurt, but it definitely would have been hilarious. It's also is good to have uh, your friends come along too. Yeah, I was super lucky. They had so much fun with me. Yes. So what things have you learned from doing this show that others can take away from watching it? Um, well, first of all, you have to watch it because then you'll learn your own lessons. Um, what else have I learned? I mean, that you can really make a career out of anything nowadays. If, if you love something, that means that other people probably love it, right? So an example is like the cat cafe. You love cats. You want to spend time with cats. I guarantee you there are a couple thousand more people that are interested in the same thing. And once you have that, then you have people who will buy into your business. I think that is one of the most important things, making sure that you have something that other people will like, because then once other people will like it, then they'll start like coming, visiting, and then you can grow your business into maybe a cat restaurant. (laughs) Exactly. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we'll be talking about Barbara Lee speaking Truth to Power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Way to Riches, and El Difo. Right now, we're continuing listening to Tiana's interview with Dariani Santana about Wage to Riches. So I really love that this show shows different ways that animal lovers can work with animals without being a vet. So what are some unique ways that you'd recommend people get into animal entrepreneurship? Well, yeah, that's funny that you say that because when I was first, you know, given this show, I was like, is it just going to be vets or like the circus? Like I was kind of limited in my understanding of what it was, but let's be real. It's 2022. You can make money with your animals in so many different ways. It's really about being creative and seeing what, what, what is like missing in the marketplace, right? Like we, there's one episode of people that build these dog houses. If you look at, look at your pet or the animal that you love and, and go, what can make their life better? Is it a luxury dog house? Is it sneakers that are really cool? You know, I don't know. But like when you look at the pet that you love or the animal that you love, think what can make them better? Like so that we can create a business around it. Yeah, I love that idea. And since you kind of mentioned like, uh, again, like a little more on like the businesses and all, uh, you know, like I said, some more unique ways. So if you had to create your own unique business around, (laughs) I can see your face, (laughs) around animal entrepreneurship, what animal would you pick and what would you do for them? Tiana, that's a great question. And you totally put me on the spot. Um, You know what? One of my favorite animals is a giraffe. I love giraffes. As we speak, I'm looking at a picture of a giraffe. Maybe giraffe hats. Because just because they're so high up, maybe they want to wear a hat. I don't know. They're very close to the sun. That's what I'm saying. They might need a hat. Why is nobody thinking about giraffe hats? You just need the two holes in the top. Bada bing, bada boom. Giraffe hats. There we go. Well, maybe you should have some scars since their necks are so long. Okay, now that's an excellent business idea because you can charge way more because it's got to go around. So I mean, yep. at night it might get cold. There we go. There we go. I take that back. Giraffe scarves. There we go. That's the business. Beautiful. Can't wait to see you do that <laughs> in the future. So I am almost out of questions, but this is my last one. So what's next for Wax to Riches and what things do you plan to do in the future around animal entrepreneurship? Um. 
let's hope for season two. You know, I was super lucky. We initially shot 11 episodes and then like a month after we wrapped, you know, a month after we finished, they were like, do you want to shoot one more episode? And I was like, yeah, of course. So, I mean, the goal would be a season two and then to do a bunch of other animals. Like I want to do one with this lady who I know works with bugs. Like I would love that. Yeah. She has like amazing tarantulas and like it's just terrifying bugs. I want to hang out with them. So yeah, season two would be great because there's always so many new businesses popping up and I am always a student. I always want to learn and have fun. Of course. Yeah, I cannot wait to see season two. Hopefully there is one because I enjoyed season one and hopefully I can interview you again for that because that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. This was an amazing interview. It was so nice to get to know more about Wax to Riches. And like I said, you are fun. You are vibrant. You are incredible. So it was great to talk to you today. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I'm Tian Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking truth to power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Next up, we'll be listening to Tiana's interview with Cece Bell on El Defo. Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Sermons reporting for Kids First, and today I'm speaking with Miss Cece Bell. Ms. Bell is known for writing books such as El Defo and Sock Monkey. She's joining me today to discuss her latest animated series project based on her book, El Defo, which is of the same name, that tells the story of her as a child and how she lost her hearing and, in a sense, finds her inner superhero. Welcome, Ms. Bell. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, it is an honor. I watched this animated series and it is amazing. Thank you. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Yes. So El Defo is based on your own life as a child. 
So what were some experiences in your life that you used to tell the story of young Cece? Um, probably the main thing that I um, used in the show is the fact that when I was in elementary school, I was the only deaf kid in the whole school. And I had to use a special hearing aid and it was very large and clunky. And I used that hearing aid um, in partnership with a microphone that my teacher wore. And it, um, that microphone amplified the teacher's voice so that I could hear her in the classroom. But what was really cool about it was that I was able to hear my teacher wherever she was in the entire school. So I kind of got to spy on her a little bit. And um, it sort of made me think of myself as kind of a superhero. Because in real life, I was very, very shy and um, just kind of a pushover kind of kid, you know. Um, So imagining myself as a superhero was something that kind of helped me get past some of the things that were difficult about being the only deaf kid in a school where there weren't any other deaf kids around at all. Right. And I'm sure that was something that, in a sense, bothered you. But I really love how you took that and, in a sense, made it your superpower. Instead of taking it as a bad thing, like you didn't belong there, you really turned it into something amazing. Right. Exactly. And um, if you've read the book, it's very similar to the message of the book, which is that um, everybody not just me, but everybody feels different in some way. And it's actually better to share the things about yourself that make you different because those are the things that make you interesting. So um, it took me a long time to realize that the um, kids in my classes were interested in me and not just the technology, but just, you know, they were interested in me because I was there. But um it really helped to share what that technology could do, what that hearing aid could do. And once I started talking about it, things got a lot easier for me at school. Of course. Mm -hmm. So I really love the lessons that you included in each episode about how we can help children that are hearing impaired communicate, especially when it comes to things such as lip reading. So what do you most want people to get out of the El Defo series? Um, I'm hoping that people um, who watch it, um, both, um, let me take that back a little bit. Um, the hearing people who watch it, I hope that they will come to see that there are um, many, many different ways that a deaf person can be deaf and what they, how they choose to communicate. Like some deaf people may prefer sign language and some deaf people may be lip readers like me. And there's a whole spectrum of ways that someone can be deaf. And it's not just, you know, I can hear, I can't hear. It's not that simple. And um, and for the deaf people watching the show, I'm hoping that they um, see a little bit of their own experiences in the show and sort of um, they'll be able to see that they're not alone, you know, that there's somebody out there that has a similar, similar experience to them. And um, honestly, everybody feels different at some point. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Everybody feels a little different and everybody has experienced what it feels like to be lonely and isolated. So especially during COVID, oh my goodness. So um, I'm just hoping that the show is sort of like a good friend, you know, a good friend to anybody who needs it. Of course, it was very heartwarming and inspiring. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Barbara Lee speaking Truths to Power, The Wolf and the Lion, Raising Dion, Home Team, Wage to Riches, and El Defo. Right now we're continuing Tiana's interview with Cece Bell on El Defo. 
So two things uh, we did kind of talk about that you talked about as well was lip reading and COVID-19. And, you know, we have to wear masks now uh, for about the past year and a half. And it's really crazy. And one of the main things I know you use and I'm sure other hearing impaired people use is lip reading. So how have you kind of had to adapt uh, to that during COVID-19 with all the mask wearing? Oh, ma, um, ma. Uh, I really hate them. I mean, I, I love them because they do help keep people safe, but it has been very, very challenging. And um, I don't understand a word that's being said when people have masks on. So one of the ways I've adapted is I actually have um, an app on my phone that I'm using now, and you can see all these words, but um, it transcribes what people are saying in real time, almost like um, people have uh, captions like on the television. And so I use that, but that's kind of awkward sometimes. So um, I just sort of, I sort of um, figure out ways around it. You know, if, if I don't have to have a conversation, then I don't, I won't have the conversation. But it is that tricky. But at the same time, um, sometimes I've asked people to go outside and stand, you know, 10 feet apart and lower their masks just quickly and say something. And that works sometimes. But um, I haven't been asking people to do that lately. Variant and everything. So it's been challenging. I look forward to when when the masks go away. (laughs) I can tell you that much. Yes, same here. It's a little hard to breathe sometimes, but it's definitely a challenge. It is. It is. (laughs) So Miss Lexi Finnegan, who is also deaf, actually voices young Cece in the series. So what were you, in a sense, looking for in the person who voiced Cece? And what was it about Miss Finnegan that made you pick her? Wow. Um, We chose Lexi because it was clear from the get-go that she was um, 100% committed to the project. And, um, and, and along with that, the fact that she is also deaf and she uses cochlear implants to help her. So she had sort of um, a similar experience to mine in a lot of ways. And so she was able to bring her own experience of deafness to the show and make it feel that much more authentic. But um, she, well, I'm very shy. She's very outgoing. And so we had, um, we worked a lot with her on um, trying to sound shy, which was kind of hard for her because she's just so outgoing and um, just a lovely person. So we got really lucky when we found her for the role. Yes, she was amazing at it. And you were also amazing at narrating. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that was that was a little bit out of my comfort zone, for sure. Um, I got to work with an acting coach, and that was exciting. And it really helped to, um, even though they were my words, and it's my life, I still had to bring some kind of, you know, drama <laughs> to the whole thing. So that was a little a little challenging, but um, but a lot of fun. I'm glad I got the opportunity to do that. Yes, yeah, sounds very special. So I know we're running short on time. So uh, for my last question, I want to say you use a very interesting method in the series to let us know how the world sounds to people who are hearing impaired or who use hearing aids and in a sense experience it for ourselves. So why was it important for you to include this in El Defo? Um, I just really thought um, it would be it would help hearing people be more empathetic to what, to what it's like to be deaf. And it's not a perfect representation by any means because, you know, it was really tricky to, well, it was tricky for a deaf person to tell hearing sound designers, you know, take this audio and make it sound awful. And here's what I want it to sound like. It was really tricky to describe all that. But um but hopefully people come away with a deeper understanding of deafness and, um, and also just um, it really helped the show feel 
more authentic. You know, this is all from the point of view of this one kid who has trouble understanding what's going on because, because I'm not able to hear as well as other people. So hopefully that comes through and we'll just give people something to think about and appreciate. Well, it definitely did to, to me. I mean, I love the show. I hope that other people, whether they're hearing impaired or have hearing, I hope that everybody takes something from it and really enjoys it like I did. Oh boy, I hope so too. That was a great that was a great plug. <laughs> you're really good at this. Thank so, you. Yeah, you're so welcome. You're yeah. so welcome. And thank you so much for speaking with me today, Miss Bell, about El Defo. It has an amazing fly and message. And it was an honor to speak with you today. This was a very special interview. Oh well, thank you so much. It was a treat talking to you as well. You really are good at that. So I hope you keep doing it. <laughs> I definitely will. Thank you. Good. Okay. So for everybody watching today, you can check out Aldefo. It is going to be streaming on Apple TV Plus Friday, January 7th, 2022. Again, I'm Tian Sermons. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by University of Hawaii's Kids First Film Festival. I'm Kyla from Boston, Massachusetts, reporting for Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.